This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dellinger, and I'm playing with food. Everyone loves pasta, lots of different shapes, very versatile. You can have it with olive oil and chili flakes or an elaborate sauce that takes days. It's made from two simple ingredients, flour and water. And then the water simply vanishes, leaving dried pasta. Or maybe you prefer egg pasta or homemade pasta or fresh pasta. Which is the best? There are certainly many and strong opinions on social media. So the Playing With Food team met up with two Central Coast pasta makers, one commercial and one in-house restaurant. And we made some delicious discoveries starting at Eto Pasta Factory in Paso Robles. Brian Terizzi and I make pasta. Pasta is an ancient historical thing. It's a very simple process. We use a single ingredient, organic durum semolina flour and pure water. Typically dried pasta is made without egg. It almost doesn't matter. I mean, when you're making dried pasta, which is what we do here at Eto, the hydration could be egg, water, spinach juice, tomato juice, but the flavor and the difference in the pasta really isn't much. Traditionally, it's just flour and water. There's no allergen, which people have egg allergies. It's pure, it's single ingredient. And then in our little pasta factory, the cleanup is very easy. When we dry the pasta, the water that we put into the pasta actually is removed through the drying process. So it's just a transformative thing, adding the water. It's not something that remains in the final product. It's almost like a magical thing. You're taking a single ingredient of flour, but you're transforming it into a food that you cook and eat. When we make our dried pasta, we do what's called extrusion. So we're pushing the paste, it's kind of the moist flour through a plate using tons of pressure. And that pressure creates strength of the gluten and the fibers. And that's what holds it together so well. So going back those thousands of years, was pasta invented by Italians? Well, so, you know, this is the huge debate. You know, I have some Chinese friends, and of course they say that Marco Polo discovered pasta in China. That's been pretty much debunked. I mean, there is evidence that there were noodles and kind of long pasta maybe that looks like spaghetti or fettuccine prior to the Italians doing that. From my research and talking to people who know more than I do, it seems like pasta was really something that was carried along the spice route maybe through the Middle East. You know, it was this kind of mixture of flour and water that would be put into sheets that could then travel by camel or whatever through the desert and then could be rehydrated and turned into something that was edible. There's evidence the Etruscans, which were the ancient people of Tuscany, made some stuff that was very similar to kind of modern day lasagnas. Most pasta from Italy, they believe, was more in a sheet form, not the shapes you see today and spaghetti and that type of thing. I don't think the mystery's been completely solved. Let's go see the flower and okay. then I'll ask you my questions. It might be a little loud, so okay. we'll, we'll speak up. You're gonna hear some machines in action in here. Oh, perfect. So now we're on the floor of the pasta factory. And so in here, we have a multitude of equipment to make pasta. We have our pasta dryers. You can probably hear one in the background. That is actually running a program that takes the moisture out of the pasta. Depending on the shape of the pasta and the ambient conditions, we adjust the program so that it helps the pasta dry better. And so right now it's pausing for a little bit, switch directions, change the fan speed and keep going. So we do this at a a very low temperature. So modern commercial pasta is dried at higher temperatures. The problem with that is you lose a lot of the nutritional value, you lose a lot of the aromas and flavors. The dryers are quite loud, the contrast is quite a bit. So are they kind of like walk-in ovens? 
Yeah, in a way. They're, they look like walk-in refrigerators that you see maybe in the back of a restaurant, but there's fans inside and you program it from the outside. Usually has to dry for about 12 to 14 hours, sometimes 16 hours, and then we're good to go. It gets a lot quieter when the second stage goes off. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Okay, what's this big, tall escalator looking thing? So this is actually the piece of equipment that we use for packing the pasta. In the beginning, we packed everything completely by hand, which is fine, but it took a lot of time. So this is kind of our next step in speeding up our packing production. Oh, there goes the dryer again. You hear that? <laughs> See, it gets, yeah. it gets loud. It starts and stops. So we've brought as much automation as we can just to help us be more efficient. What shape is that in there? This is trombe. trombe. This is actually a whole wheat pasta that we specifically make for public schools. And this is probably going to go down to Laguna Middle School for San Luis Coastal School District. So here we have three different pasta machines. We have a small machine, and that's the first machine we started with here at Eto, And we still use it today for a lot of our restaurant partners. So we make pasta for probably 40 to 50 restaurants. So the small machine works great for that, but it's difficult when we have to dry a big batch of pasta. And then we have a medium-sized machine, and that was kind of the next step to get our dryers working a little bit faster. Our newest machine is quite a bit bigger, and the beauty of it is it's much more automated. So it takes a lot of the kind of slower hand processes out of it, but it also allows us much more consistency. Instead of hand weighing every single batch of flour and water, which can create some error, and mixing in smaller batches, we create a continuous cycle. So the pasta that comes out is very consistent. And it's actually good. I mean, sometimes people say, oh, well, small production is better. In a lot of cases, that's true. But actually, when you're making pasta, this is very, very small production, but much bigger than we've done before. But it's much more efficient. It's much more consistent. It's really improved our quality and consistency across the board. And that's really important when we're selling to grocery stores. They want us to have a certain level of consistency. Same with the schools. We want our pasta to look great, taste great. Can we have a look at that machine a little of closer? Of course, yeah. There's a hopper, so a big receptacle that we dump our bags of flour in, and we use organic Durham semolina, all grown in the United States. It goes through a tube, which we program the rate in, and kind of goes into an initial chamber. And then you see this blue curvy tube coming from the ceiling. That's actually filtered water, so we take local water, we use reverse osmosis, filter it, very pure. There is a claim in Italy that the water in the top pasta regions is part of the beauty of their pasta. Well, in the time I spent there, pretty much every place I went was just pulling water straight out of the tap. So purifying the water is important because there's no impurities, there's no sulfur compounds that get into it. So the water and the flour are programmed. They mix in this top chamber. Once it's mixed for 15, 20 minutes, it drops into the next chamber, and that's where the extrusion happens. So that's where the pasta gets pushed with the high pressure through those plates, kind of like the Play-Doh machine. And then there's a little knife that cuts the pasta to the length you want. The great thing about this is while the second chamber is going, the first chamber is starting again. You're listening to Issues and Ideas on KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian in a pasta factory in Paso Robles. 
Eto is a large operation, but it's not super huge like the pasta you get from the supermarket. How is the process different when the pasta is made in the restaurant? So I went to the public market in San Luis Obispo to get a different perspective. We begin our conversation walking from the restaurant to the basement, so the background noise changes as we talk. My name is Mason. I am a restaurant owner, operator of Humble Oven Food and Company. Your primary thing is pizza, but you also do pasta? Yeah, I would say they're both primary, to be honest. We make our pizza dough, we also make our pasta dough. Pasta is a lot easier, in my opinion, because we have a big machine that does it for us, and it's weighed out, and we just put it in, and we just watch it. This is our machine. Essentially, we're going to fill this up with the pasta flour, 100% semolina, and then some water, and then we just crank it up, and then we extrude it out of there, which will bring it upstairs and get all situated. So you mentioned that you put in the semolina and the water. We did experiment with other type of semolinas that are a lot more refined and lighter, and then we found that just 100% durum, the more rough grain was always the better one. Um, it held the best, and you can cook it with higher heat, and it stayed longer for our um, pastas to travel because we're quick service, so we found that the semolina just really holds nice and strong, and it's got a nice al dente flavor. Do you ever use egg? No, couple reasons. Less issues with storage. We can keep it fresh, not have to worry about as much shelf life. Number two is we want to be able to have vegan options for everybody. Is your pasta cooked fresh or is it dried? It's mostly dried. We need to prep up a lot of it and we'll keep it in the refrigerator to slow down the drying process so we can cook it faster. But at the end of the day, we need to make sure we have the product and we don't run out. So drying it is going to help it be more shelf stable. So if you just keep it wet, essentially, for a longer amount of time, that's when it starts to expire on you. But once it dries, you can keep it in your pantry for months. Okay, great. Well, let's see how this is done. So we have our recipe book here and the pasta recipe is extremely simple, but it, it took a lot of tweaking. You know, it wasn't this easy in the beginning because it changes. Somebody could have one recipe, but with humidity and everything and how big the batch is is different. So what are we making today? We're making fusilli. It's like little spirals is what we tell people when they're like, what's fusilli? See, this is actually an edit that we did here. We were using two different semolinas, but we found that just going with 100% durum is a lot more strong and we love the flavor a lot more too. So that's your total number right there, 3,524 grams. When you do extruded pasta from fresh handmade with egg is you kind of need to let it like rest a little bit longer. You got to roll it out, get a lot more moisturized. Extruder pasta needs to be very, very grainy, like to the point where you're like, there's no way that's going to make pasta. Why is that? Because of the pressure in here. It compresses it so much that it ends up pounding it super like together and then it just pushes it through here. I mean, I can't give you the exact why, but I can tell you when we've done it more moisturized, the pasta comes out almost like a Play-Doh and it will look like pasta, but then over time, whenever it wants to dry, it will like smash. And then also when you cook it, it'll come more apart. So this is the dye, sorry. I just... So is that kind of like the pasta pooper? Yes, it's where you drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> That's the blade. And so I'm just making sure it's going along the die. You actually don't really want it pushing too much against it because then when it cuts the pasta, it smashes it, then clogs it, and then makes you start having one pasta noodle that wants to kind of come out looking all funky and deformed. You wanna feel it? It feels like sand. Yeah, it feels like sand. You wouldn't think it was gonna be able to make pasta. You know, it's super dry. That was actually the information we got from the gentleman who sold us the machine. He's like, yeah, you're gonna want it kind of like grainy sand. Cool. So I'll turn it on here. Oh, how cute. Yeah. 
So see, these ones aren't looking too hot right now. And you kind of go through this phase in the beginning where it's gonna come out super fast and then it's gonna slow down. So you kind of sit right here and you find your size you want, which these are honestly kind of perfect. Kind of hit it on the money. And that's based on the speed of the slicer. Yep, faster it goes, the smaller your pasta is gonna be. Super important to kind of keep shaking and moving it around. This is for the drying factor. You put your hand on there and feel it. You can feel the temperature of it. It's like warm. Very simple flavor. Tastes like pasta. Tastes like pasta. I think this is my favorite noodle. I think it just goes well with everything. Because the reason why you get rigatoni is because you get sauce in the center. But to me, like this pasta, like really holds all of the sauce really well. And if you put like big chunks of meat, it stays on top. When you do like tagliatelle, the long noodle, you get stuff that just falls to the bottom. It's fun to eat. It's more nostalgic, but I think the fusilli is the, the winner. How many different shapes of pasta do you make? We do three. We do fusilli, rigatoni, and tablatelle. You said you serve 20 to 30 a day. You're yep. open seven days a week. Six days a week. Six days a week. So how often do you make pasta? Gosh, I would say for sure two times a week. I would say we go through about 50 pounds of semolina flour within a week, week and a half. It's not a lot if you compare it to these big monster restaurants, but for us, that's a, that's a big deal. It's really cool to see how our pasta wasn't the thing to go for in the beginning. Now there's sometimes we're selling more pastas and pizzas, which is awesome. It's because we make our own pasta in house. We make all of our own sauces. We try to do scratch made and you really can't find places around here to get pasta at a quick service under 10 minutes. You know, we try to have our pastas ready to be served in seven minutes. You can see right here. So something's going on with one of the dyes. Is that unservable? No, no, we still serve it. Like that's why we're called humble oven is it really doesn't matter how it looks at the end of the day, it's how it tastes. And that's gonna taste just as good as all that. And it's gonna eat just as easy, so. Nobody's bought back a bowl of pasta for a misshapen piece. No. Could you imagine? Actually, I could imagine. <laughs> that's looking better. Yeah, it's only one of them. There's like four or five holes. It's only one hole that's doing it. So we're, you know, like 80%, so that's good here so see how it's all like oh you can hear it well see how it's still like clumped a little bit right there so that's why you got to move it around but it already sounds different it sounds yeah. drier yep cool so that's pretty much it it's the basis of it simple okay. this one batch we would probably get about 45 orders of pasta out of this maybe 60 because we do about 150 grams of pasta which is big yeah that's dried. Yeah, it's usually about 200 grams of pasta after it's cooked. That's a third of a pound. That's right. I'm such a glutton that I think whenever you order something from a place, you shouldn't be hungry after, as far as a meal. And also too, like everybody loves leftovers. You're listening to Issues and Ideas on KCBX Public Radio for the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian and I'm learning how to make pasta. Mason at Humble Oven in San Luis Obispo makes about 150 portions of pasta a week for his pizza and pasta joint in the public market. He, like the commercial pasta venture Eto, focused on dried pasta. But isn't fresh pasta far superior? Here's Brian's response at Eto. People say that fresh pasta is better than dried pasta. That's the perception. And I could shoot myself in the foot here because we sell a, a ton of fresh pasta at Eto. I much more often eat dried pasta. The benefits of dried pasta cooked al dente are remarkable. It's low in sugar, low glycemic. It breaks down slowly in your body. It's a complex carbohydrate, high in protein, that 
should give you, even being active, 36 hours of energy. Fresh pasta, you mentioned hydration. I mean, you're buying a product that has that hydration, but if you cook both the fresh and the dried for a long period of time, they would be identical. There is something really luxurious about a nice bowl of fresh pasta. It's nice and soft and silky and the starch from the water, it creates this wonderful texture, but great dried pasta is really wonderful and it doesn't get the credit it deserves in my opinion. Um, okay. People who've never been to Italy say that Italians don't eat dried pasta. False. The other thing I noticed in Italy was something that I saw on either your label or a sign in the store that said it should be firm but not crunchy. And the pasta in Italy is almost crunchy. Yeah, it depends where you are. So the first time I was outside of Gregnano, which is the most famous pasta town in Italy, if not the entire world, I could not believe how hard the pasta was. It was too hard for me, but that was the native culture. And it's probably better for you. To me, if it sticks to your teeth, it's overcooked. And I try to get the perfect al dente, which means to the tooth. It has great mouthfeel, but doesn't stick to your teeth. No crunch. But if I'm a little too crunchy, I'll still eat it. But my wife and kids will not. And I think most people would prefer it a little less al dente. The way to make the perfect al dente pasta is to cook the pasta at the lowest end of the instructions. So we give a range like seven to nine minutes. So cook it to seven minutes, but then add the pasta directly to the sauce, mix it in the sauce, add some pasta water, keep mixing, give it another minute or so, taste it and you can nail it. You can get it perfect every single time. That's how to do it. When we were on the tour of the factory, Brian mentioned that Eto makes pasta for local schools. I wanted to know more. My first customer was my kid's Montessori school. There are two reasons for that. One is, you know, I wanted to serve kids our pasta and get feedback. And the other is kids love pasta. We got our kids on board and shortly after that, started talking to some of the public schools and we hooked up with San Luis Coastal. There's a woman down there, Erin Primer. Who has been on Playing With Food, by the way. Who's amazing. And she heard about us and we started the conversation. So we started making pasta for her and we had to change our formula a little bit. So public schools need to use a whole wheat flour. It adds a little bit of fiber to the pasta, but the kids definitely prefer ours to what they were using before, which is a huge national company. We just were up in Monterey delivering some pasta to a school and the cook said, your stuff doesn't fall apart like the old stuff we used to use. It always baffles me how much better our pasta performs than these giant companies. And it really makes me feel good. It makes me very hopeful. I think we're probably in 12 public school districts now, and we've actually made some pasta for some consultants that consult with schools down in Los Angeles. We've had folks reach out to us from down in Orange County, San Diego area. It's kind of remarkable how much interest there is in what we're doing. And what makes me really happy is the folks working in these programs, how much they care about high quality school lunches. We went to a conference in Santa Barbara County I mean, there are school lunch administrators from all over the state, and they're incredibly passionate about school lunch. And it's all about cognitive abilities and childhood obesity, and they really care. The passion is enormous, and it's something we're very happy to participate in. 
Pasta makes you feel good and satisfied, and that just makes you feel better to know that they're making pasta for the kids. I'm going to make myself a big bowl of pasta right now. Pasta is so much more than flour and water. What I took away from watching Brian and Mason was that pasta, the way they make it, has a lot of chemistry and physics involved in transforming a bit of flour into something everyone loves. So yes, I am going to make myself a big bowl of pasta right now. This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food.